Although a lot of people have faced hardships in this current situation, I, I don't think there hasn't been a better time to pivot in any area of one's life right now. I think there's a lot of creativity and opportunity um, out there, but it is open to people who are open enough to see it. Um, so it all boils down to somebody's mindset. Um, and that's very important, especially in business. And welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Paula Swice. Paula is the founder of Silverweiss. Silverweiss is a, uh, uh, an American financial financing and business advisory firm, uh, and she helps startups, entrepreneurs, and established businesses expand through private capital and strategic planning. Uh, Paula, welcome to My Company Story. Hi. Thank you for having me, Don. You're really honored to be here. Sure, Paula. Hey, Paula, while we um, uh, get to know you a little bit, can you tell us uh, you're an advisor? So as an advisor, how do you help startups uh, level up their businesses, especially those geared toward tech and blockchain? Tell us a little bit about what you do with there. Yeah, definitely. I help with strategic planning and forecasting with businesses. Um, I work with them on a basic level of understanding their niche, their business model, their team, and exactly what they're trying to target in the audience. And also, I try to talk to them on a level of, of their one to two to three year plan, uh, ideally. And then I also try to get a grasp of their network. You know, who, who are they sourcing to? Uh, their financing needs. And then I have a protocol and a structure I place with them. Um, they work with me on that. And then we take a step by step. Now, Paula, you're a boutique firm and a, a boutique, like an investment uh, bank advisory firm. What do you, what do you specialize in or where is your niche within your industry? My niche is within working capital and M&A, M&A financing. Um, I've had a, a good enough luck in the past two years to do mezzanine loans, which is equity and debt and has been an attraction to a lot of these boutique firms out there that are looking to fill a gap and they can't get the right financing or timing on the deals. That's, That's great. Now, Paul, if you can tell the audience a little bit about your, how did you get into this space? And, and I know it's an international firm. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the firm and what you're, how you're organized, who you work with and how you got into it? Yeah, I got into this firm about five years ago. Um, it really was a matter of timing. And the opportunity, uh, I, I, you know, I started this business because I found an opportunity in market. I can combine both my passions and my talents in. And uh, you know, it, it was a matter of me coming from many years of corporate America and, and finance, and having an education in there, and finding the time of getting in there. And I think you also asked about who do I service exactly? All right, I service entrepreneurs. I service business owners. I service people who are startup entrepreneurs who are looking to, to get going. Most likely in my business, in the business owners is usually a bit of established businesses, medium size, either looking to expand, either looking to uh, have more equipment in A&R to, to accommodate and to pivot forward. And of course, with startup space with entrepreneurs, uh, they could either have a team or they could have a bootstrap. And they're just really looking to strategize better and, and bring on the service provider, especially if it's in the blockchain space, understand compliance, understand what they can and can't do. Um, and also what kind of markets international, because the space tends to be international and blockchain, uh, who can they reach? 
Now, Paula, can you give us an example of a client that you have helped uh, that, that would kind of the sweet spot client for you guys? I mean, what does that person look like and what have you done for them? Yeah, in the lending and the financing space, I earlier this year, I worked with a client in Northern California. A uh, gentleman is about 15 years <clears throat> physical gold industry, uh, has a mining company, wanted to expand his base. Uh, he just couldn't get the $25 million funding in time, uh, just due to his credit and how long he actually established the mining company. But with sourcing my network, it took a, a little bit of time uh, with a private financer he, that I had was willing to take a risk and uh, back up that financing. Granted, of course, we worked out the collateral. Right, yeah. of course. And that's yeah. very important. <laughs> right. This lender, I mean, it really depends on every financer, uh, really looks for a certain niche and also their risk appetite. It's very different. So, I mean, lots of people listening to this show and lots of entrepreneurs are looking to raise money if they haven't self-funded or if they're looking for a Series A round or if they're looking mm -hmm. just to, for capital improvements. Where is it that you would fill that in it? What would be if someone were listening right now, who would be the, what message would you want to send to that potential uh, uh, business owner? Well, I would say first off, get their objective in, in place in terms of why they need the financing. Uh, what is the, what is the plan for it in the next five years, three years of the money? Do they need that amount of money right now? Could they have it broken down in one to two to three years or every six months? Um, also, make sure they feel comfortable on their credit, business credit-wise. How confident do they feel on that? Do they feel they can work off that? If it's a product-based business, um, how confident are they in, in their products, their A&R receivables? How do they feel positioned-wise in cash flow? Um, more factors as well, just general business model. Yeah, those are all helpful. Those I guess helpful. my... My question would be, though, if, if I'm listening to this, then as, yeah. as I will, to my ask myself, well, why Paula? Why, why Silverwise as opposed to all the other options out there available to me for, for raising money these days? Definitely. Is a, I have a very diverse network of business partners, service providers, private lenders, and investors. Um, on the financing part, I'm not strict to a product, not just you know working capital or commercial real estate. Um, and I can work with A&R. I can work with M&A, uh, mezzanine deals. Um, it just boils down to what makes sense in a company structure individually. Um, also, on my company, I'm not strict geographically. Uh, a lot of my clients and business partners are overseas. Um, and, and lastly, it's the client relationship experience. Um, it's more than just me putting in information and processing an offer letter. Uh, it is more personable. I do have a process and structure in place and getting my clients from A, B to C. That's great. That's great, Paula. And with the global situation going on like it is in this yeah. pandemic that we're under right now, uh, is it a good time for an entrepreneur to start a business? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it is. But it's a matter of what are they trying to pursue? What do they feel is really what talents do they have and what do they feel is out there for them to grasp hold of? Um, I don't think based on what I see online, based on people I've talked to, there hasn't been such a rise of entrepreneurs until now. Some people are forced to do it unfortunately. And, and sometimes it's an opportunity for them to pivot. So I and how are yes. you working with those entrepreneurs right now in your business? How are you supporting them? I'm supporting them with a general business guidance. Just so it's like, a, it, you wouldn't say, I wouldn't classify, I don't have to classify coaching, but I'm giving them basically advisory service of how to get started. Um, and understanding where are they at, you know, in terms of their experience, uh, what's their niche to kind of help them find a niche, uh, you know, are they good at 
are they a product person? Are they a service provider? Do they have a certain talent that's needed out there? And then of course, financing, uh, seeing where they're at credit wise, seeing where they're at um, their current finances. Um, of course, if it's a person who maybe owned a business in the past or has a certain amount of collateral, you know, they want to do it towards a business or, or just a personal financing. Paula, you thank you very much for that. And you you found the company five and a half years ago. And it, yeah. I remember in our talking before, you kind of pivoted the last six months to specialize in blockchain. Can yes. you tell us a little bit more what that means or what, I mean, so many people don't know much about blockchain. How are you using that now in financing? So in financing, in the financing space, I work in blockchain, of course, is a, a very diverse sector. We have finance, we have blockchain, excuse me, in fintech, we have it in shipping, we have it in logistics and the legal system compliance. And I'm more focused toward the FinTech and the financial space. So that is investments. It's switching over um, a, a product, an asset to the blockchain and issuing tokens. And those, are, those tokens are not just like a piece of Bitcoin, but they're more Ethereum based. And these clients can buy a share into this asset that is back behind an actual asset, real estate, gold and silver and such like that. So what I do in my, in my role in that space is I'm coming in, of course, doing the general communications, the general marketing. I'm also advising these clients who are not too aware of the blockchain, but want to find an alternative to raising capital. I'm guiding them on the process, how it works, how they can uh, you know, pivot their funding needs. So would that client be using blockchain as their financing method? Is that what I hear? Yes, as their financing method to expose them to investors. Credit Interesting. Fascinating. Well, that's great. Well, Paul, let, let's shift a little bit now and talk about your role as a CEO and as a founder and, and running this company, this uh, the boutique investment banking company. Sure. And as I asked every guest on the show, can you tell us a little bit about what challenges that you have faced as being a, a, a woman CEO and founder of a of probably a male-dominated uh, industry for the most part? I mean, yeah. what, what challenges have you faced along your journey and how have you overcome those? Yeah, there's two parts of it. There is the, I would say the softer part and the more harder technical part. The softer, the softer part is also mindset. I think a lot of CEOs understand that. I think a lot of people out there are capable of being a CEO of a business owner, but it's a matter of their personal timing. Um, are they ready for the challenges that it takes? Are they ready to be available to put out any fires? Can they communicate properly? Can they wake up every morning with a positive mindset? Um, are they able to, you know, move forward if days are not good and then there's bad days? It really comes a personal insight. Are they ready for the challenges? That's one. And, and there are many ways to doing that, right? Right. There are. But I'm, I'm wondering, how does one know whether they are in the right mindset? I'm thinking of uh, my niece right now who is in her early 20s and she's thinking about starting a business. How would she know she's in the right mindset uh, or not? Well, it goes by somebody's personal data experiences. How do they react to small things that happen, small setbacks? Are they uh, happy to, uh, towards it? Are they, they have a happy mindset, a positive mindset? Are they saying, hey, you know, things happen. I can overcome it. There's a solution to every problem, like my parents always tell me. Or are they self-doubting themselves? Are they s stuck every day? Do they feel like, oh, I can't solve this problem. I don't know who to talk to. Are they, do they feel limited? How are they, I guess, acting upon challenges? It tells a lot about a person, the way they, they react to life. A lot it of does. To us. It does. A lot of things that happen to us are not to our control anyway, right? But a lot of it goes down to, and you've probably heard this, how we react to it. Yeah. That's, that's one softer way of understanding if somebody's ready. 
So Paul, how did, how did you know back five and a half years ago that you were in the right mindset to start this business? I mean, that's a, that's a big leap going from a large firm, very secure income and all of that to, to being the founder and entrepreneur of a new company. How did you know you were there? Well, I mean, on a personal level, I've overcame many tests and trials in my life. And it started, you know, back in my teens. And I, I can tell you up till now, it came a long way and I see I still have more to go. But I can, I can assure you that everything that came in my life came when I was ready for it. So me starting in 2015, uh, it just came from me going through many lessons um, in my personal life, many lessons in my professional life, and between the education, um, a good enough experience still working in the corporate side at that time, um, but really still ongoing learning it. Um, but what did push me was actually uh, you know, family members of mine um, who worked in the similar space, and they said, you know, why don't you consider going into it? It looks like you seeing you and, and what you've been through and how, all the things you've overcame. Why don't you consider opening up your own firm? You know, you know how to communicate with people. You can make good uh, conversation with people in person. You don't seem to have a problem with that. Uh, why don't you start right now, build the relationships the next couple of years, and, and you'll see how it can blossom. So I took that advice. Um, I, I like what I do, certainly. And, and I think what I do serves as a purpose. It does serve a good, yeah, and you have to love what you're doing, that's for sure. And that's a good bit of advice. Um, what would be the second, you said there are two challenges that you could think of. What's the second challenge that you're that you're thinking of right now? I think the harder part, I wouldn't say harder part, technical, but it is building trust and credibility. Um, we are in a space where I think now we're more easily ready to trust people online than we were 20 years ago. And with the situation, it, we really have no choice to. And so for me, when I started the business, and even up till now, a lot of, and that's something that I provide with my clients, everything comes from my network. It's not me fetching new people. I will fetch new people and new uh, connections if needed to solve a certain uh, client issue. But whatever I do right now, if I need to build trust with people, it is a matter of a process. You know, they have to get to know me. I have to get to know them and their product and what they need. And also what I'm demanding. That could take time. It takes a lot of communication, in my experience. But it also takes a good amount of discernment. You really have to feel it if it's right or not. And, uh, you know. Yeah. So, Paul, can you describe how you do that now? I mean, we're all locked down in this pandemic. We're all working from home. We're all trying to, to, to find new clients, establish new relationships. We can't go to trade shows anymore. We can't go on sales calls and fly out to see people anymore like that. With this new world of LinkedIn and Zoom calls, I mean, what have you found that's been successful in uh, establishing and, and gaining trust and getting new clients? Time. Time. Listening. Observing. Time, listening, and observing. Yeah. And then uh, intuition, really intuition. I, and it took me a while to develop it. And I think that's one thing that made me feel I was ready to, to launch a business. Um, I, you know, my, a lot of family members of mine will always say, when you talk to people, focus. So what do you mean? So when you talk to people, focus, stop thinking about yesterday, stop thinking about tomorrow, stop thinking about what you have to do in an hour, really focus and listen to people and see what they need, especially in business. You know, are they in need of a product? Do they need um, help in a certain situation? So that's my, that's one advice. But Paula, how do you get to the point where I'm putting you on the spot here? How do you get to the point where you're trying to meet somebody new? You don't have a relationship with them and you look at their profile on LinkedIn. They're like, well, that might be an interesting prospect. How sure. do you, what do you do from, from that? I've got a hunch kind of thing, the intuition to then really establishing a good conversation with somebody. It starts with a phone call, it starts with a video call. Um, I, I would really get to know them and their background. 
you know, what brought them here today, especially as this, and this really comes to this, the, the question of when it um, comes to summits and seminars and virtual events, I really like to talk to people and say, what brought you here today? You don't ask them what they're looking for necessarily, but you ask them what they're interested in. So you'll, you'll hear about a, a virtual event coming out, a virtual summit going on, and you'll uh, join the uh, group and get in there. And so now you're up there with 30 other people. What do you do? I mean, how do you go about and then break out two or three people to talk to uh, after or during that summit? Well, I, I will set them to the side and talk to them and then get to know them better. Um, I will try to see what their need is. I can always, we can always go for coffee. We can do the soft things, but it's definitely more than just exchanging a business card. Um, it's definitely seeing the types of vendors they're talking to or the types of, I guess, conference shows that they're watching. So it really is a matter of focus. I hope that answered your question. It, it does answer my question. Yeah. And I think it's one that so many people are struggling with these days. So many people that I talk to, they're like, well, I can't do what I was doing before. My sales team is really stuck on this. What should I tell them to do? And what, and what you're telling them is just that. I mean, get into these uh, summits, get into some sessions, try to break out, have some private conversations, get a connection with somebody. And I think we're all feeling like we need those connections. So they're more yeah. open. Do you find that the people are more open to those conversations because we're all in this lockdown home mode right now? Yeah, we're all, we, like my mom says, we're all in the same boat, um, no matter where you are and who you are to some extent. Um, we all can relate, which is humbling. It's, it's a humbling time. I think it makes us more down to earth in the sense that we are really trying to have compassion for you know, mankind. And we're trying to see how we can be a benefit to each other to help each other out. This is the best way. It's just plain communication. Yeah. And we're using the same source, which is just, you know, virtually. Yeah, we are. We are. Now, have you found that, I mean, you're, you're based in Los Angeles. I think you're in Century City, yes. you mentioned, and, and I'm in the LA area also. Have you found that you can uh, reach out. I mean, that is broaden your geographic horizons. So now that doesn't make a difference if someone is a 20 minute drive away, they could be halfway around the world and still have a, a meaningful conversation with you. Has that changed your business a bit? Yeah, it has. It, it hasn't changed too much. It actually made it more easier. Definitely. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah, it, it sure has made it easier for everybody on that. Well, that's great. Well, Paula, as we wrap things up, is there anything else that you'd like to pass along to any business owners that might be listening to the show about uh, the lessons that you've learned or anything else that you'd want to, uh, to pass on? I really want the listeners to understand, especially entrepreneurs and even established business owners, uh, really understand the term leverage. And it's just not a word we use in business. Um, although a lot of people have faced hardships in this current situation, I, I don't think there hasn't been a better time to pivot in any area of one's life right now. I think there's a lot of creativity and opportunity um, out there, but it is open to people who are open enough to see it. Um, so it all boils down to somebody's mindset. Um, and that's very important, especially in business. Uh, one piece of wisdom my parents always taught me growing up is that there's a solution for every problem. There's always something working towards your advantage as much as you feel it's working opposite. Yep, that's great. That's a great way to end it too, I think, Paula. I think we've, we've got lots of words of wisdom from you on this show. So I appreciate your time and, yeah. uh, and what you're doing out there. And we look forward to staying in touch. And if anyone wants to get a hold of you, in the show links, we'll put some uh, LinkedIn connections and, and yeah. various ways to reach out to you. Yeah, All right. Thank you, Good. Paula. Thank All right. you. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. 
And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.